Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where we get real about life and all the problems that come with it. I'm Michelle Elman and I'm a five board accredited life coach, public speaker, author of The Joy of Being Selfish and Am I Ugly? And I'm passionate about teaching people how to communicate, heal the wounds from the past, feel your feelings and ultimately giving you the tools you need to change your own life. This is the space where you get your personal development needs met and we talk about all things growth, self-awareness and communication with complexity and nuance. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, then stick around because I think you're going to like it here. Welcome back to a brand new episode. This week we are talking about all things writing. As most of you will know, I am an author of two books. The first one being Am I Ugly? And the second one being The Joy of Being Selfish. The Joy of Being Selfish came out this year and Am I Ugly? came out in 2018. And both books actually had two completely different processes. And I think being an author is something that people get really curious about and especially at parties when I say I'm an author which is actually how I tend to introduce myself because saying a life coach and then the social media part of it and then public speaking it's just a lot of things and so I tend to just simplify it and say I'm an author. Whenever you say you're an author people tend to say oh I've always wanted to write a book and I was that person so with Am I Ugly I actually started writing it when I was 12 years old in English class. It was an English assignment. It was homework one week to write an autobiography and it was only meant to be like a thousand words and mine ended up being 10,000 because even though by the age of 12, most people haven't had much that has happened in their life, I had had 13 surgeries by that point and I couldn't really fit that into a thousand words. And I ended up showing my dad that and he was actually the first person who was like, you should print this, you should write this. And he was trying to convince me so much, he actually took it to a like professional printer to get it spiral bound and with a like hardback cover and everything. And his belief was that it was because there aren't many books written by children. And it's interesting to have a children's perspective on going through hospital. And he thought it was good writing. Unfortunately, I did not have the same belief in my writing mainly because in my school, I was put in the lowest division for English and a number of English teachers told me I was bad at writing, um, which is highly amusing now that being an author is a huge part of my career. I would actually say it's about 50% of my career, if not more, especially through the pandemic the last two years, it's been more closer to 75%. 
And it really actually upsets me that so many people are dissuaded from writing at such an early age because I don't think there is objectively a good writer and a bad writer. There's just a writer to your taste and a writer that you don't like. And just because you're not good at a certain type of writing. So no, I wasn't very good at writing essays about Tessa the D'Urbervilles in English class. I also wasn't very good at creative writing. Then I went to university and I wasn't very good at academic writing either. But I am good at conveying a message. That is what I believe my writing's about. I have something important to say and I want to say it. And that's what I believe is important in a writer. And I think my writing is easy to read, approachable. And those are a lot of words that are used as insults about writers. But especially The Joy of Being Selfish is a self-help book. And I get really frustrated when I read a self-help book. And number one, I end the book and I don't know what to do next. And number two, when I spend so long reading the book or reading the same sentence over and over again because I don't understand it. So that's why I write in the way I do. And I do also think it is affected by the fact that I am dyslexic. And so when I write... I write for dyslexic readers and so even if you aren't dyslexic it comes across as easy to read because I don't think you spending longer trying to understand a sentence makes it a better or pleasurable reading experience and I don't think you should ever leave a book feeling more stupid and if a book makes you feel that way then the writing wasn't clear enough, concise enough and the author didn't work hard enough to actually convey their message and I know that disagrees with most of the thinking out there but I think differently about it. Am I Ugly was a book that I started at 12, picked back up at 19 when I was hospitalised and I had this overwhelming feeling of that I'm going to die. All I've done with my entire life is study and I'm going to be forgotten and so it became this kind of legacy of at least if I leave this world I'll have an impact on this world by leaving something behind and it wasn't the idea of publishing it, it was the idea of my friends and family would have something of me if I left this world. They could read my words, they could read my thoughts, they can read what I actually went through because a lot of my friends didn't actually know a lot about my surgeries because I wasn't comfortable talking about it. So I picked it back up at 19 and I even remember trying to revise for my second year exams and not revising and continuing going back to this book and spending more time on the book than my revision. And it's funny because many years later, my housemate at the time sent me an old message that I had sent her in 2013 saying, one day we'll be living in London and I'll be an author and you'll be working in some financial job I don't understand. I never had the goal of being an author. I had never had the goal of publishing it. So I don't understand why I wrote that. But it's strange how things work out. And from 19, I carried on working on it till I was about 21. Got a full manuscript, which some people don't write a full manuscript before they start approaching agents. But I did. Approached an agent, found an agent in America. Uh, was with that agent for about a year when I actually got another book deal from a random publisher that reached out to me, a huge publisher, which I ended up declining because they didn't expect I had a book and they wanted me to write a different book. And I said I wanted Am I Ugly to be my first book and that I'd worked on it for years and that that was important to me. And so actually one of the hardest things I ever did was decline that book deal, not knowing if I was going to get one for Am I Ugly. And then the following year, I decided to change agencies 
changed agencies to Madeline Milburn Agency, who are the agency I'm still with today and are amazing and a wonderful woman called Anna at the time. And changing agents was the thing that did it for me. Changed agents, within a month we had submitted, within another month I'd got a book deal, and within another month we had a scheduled release date for Am I Ugly? And then I had four years of rejections, four rejected manuscripts. Some of them were complete manuscripts, some of them were just proposals. And then I nearly quit. And I went to bed thinking, if I wrote one last book, if I could only write one more book for the rest of my life, what would I want it to be on? And I'm not joking, the words boundaries just came into my head. And it was one of those moments where I was like, why have I not thought about this before? All I do every day is talk about boundaries online, but I didn't once think about the fact that, oh, this would make a great book. And actually, the next morning I sent my literary agent an email and in the email it said I'm not sure I have enough content for a whole book so maybe like a 10,000 word book for context a normal book for non-fiction is usually about 80,000 words 70,000 words something like that I genuinely didn't think I had enough to say about boundaries that I could only fill 10,000 well I was very wrong because the joy of being selfish is about 75,000 words And that meant I submitted The Joy of Being Selfish on proposal. And so I had got the book deal in February. We locked down in March and I wrote The Joy of Being Selfish, looking at the same wall in this office I'm sitting in right now. And I had five months to write the book. And that is the deadline I set for myself. So when you submit a proposal, you also submit when you think you'll be able to hand it in. I set five months. I have no idea why I thought I could write a book in five months and thank God there was a pandemic because that's the only reason I met that deadline. If I was going to try to write The Joy of Being Selfish while I had all the other bits of my job going on, I wouldn't have done it in five months. But thankfully all the other parts of my job stopped happening and so I could just sit in my office and write for five months. And I hope to be writing for the rest of my life. And I definitely had a period after The Joy of Being Selfish where I was like, I don't think I could do this again. Publishing a book in a pandemic is not an experience I would recommend. But I have now had the experience of getting a book deal with a full manuscript and then also getting a book deal with just a proposal and writing to deadline. And I think I prefer the later. It's quite risky when you write a whole book and you don't know if you're going to get a publisher. But as I said, I didn't even want to publish it. But after I'd written 200,000 words for Am I Ugly, I suddenly had this urge to publish it because when you write that many words, suddenly you want people to see it. And there were different motivations behind both my books. Am I Ugly was the motivation of I really wanted people to stop seeing childhood illness as this inspirational survivor story, this brave story, and see more the reality of it and the impact of the medical system on you. I also want to talk about body positivity in terms of illness and disability because I get really frustrated with the idea that body positivity is just about weight because it's not. And I also wanted to include the element of scars, obviously, and the element of just because you survive, An illness doesn't mean that's where it ends and doesn't mean that's where you recover and also that the impact of body image and being left with surgery scars with no support can leave people in a vulnerable position. I think another important point in Am I Ugly was 
the discussion of PTSD and the fact that it can happen 10 years later and that if you don't allow people the chance to cry, to be angry, that it ends up being repressed and I don't believe I needed to go through PTSD and I wouldn't have if I'd just been allowed to feel how I needed to feel at the time and was given the right support. So those were the motivations for my first book and for my second book, it was more so the fact that boundaries was my favourite topic to talk about, to write about. I was so excited to write that book. I wrote the first 10,000 words of that book in a week. It flowed out of me. I have never written a book so quickly because I was so passionate about boundaries. And I say was, I still am passionate about boundaries, but at the time it was one of those things, you know, when you discover a new passion, you're just non-stop talking about it. It was that kind of energy. And so it was actually really beautiful and such a wonderful experience to be able to channel that into a book. And it was just really fulfilling to me to write a book that I felt I needed and also gave you practical tools. I love a self-help book that makes it really straightforward and easy and that really was my intention with this book. And I also love the fact I've written a memoir and a self-help book because those are my two favourite genres to read. And I truly believe my first tip that I will give you on writing is you need to read a lot of what you want to write. So if you want to write children's books, read children's books. If you want to write thrillers, read thrillers. You need to know the kind of books that are out there. And I will admit when I'm writing a book, I can't read any other non-fiction book or anything that is too similar to my genre. So for example, while I was writing The Joy of Being Selfish, I didn't let myself read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, even though I really wanted to and it was top of my to-be-read list. As soon as I was finished, I didn't want to read it because I was worried there was going to be overlap and unconsciously it was going to go into my brain. It was the most interesting experience to then finish my book and read her book once I had submitted it and gone, oh my God, this is so similar. And I obviously hadn't read it. I was just really grateful I hadn't read it because if I had read that, there would have been a point at some point writing The Joy of Being Selfish where I would have gone, oh, why am I bothering? I can't compete with Glennon Doyle. And so it's two things. I think when you're reading something unconsciously, it can seep into your writing and you not realise, and obviously that's plagiarism. And second thing, it is very easy to get distracted when you're writing a book. And so it's very important I do things that mean I stay on my path, focused on my book, focused on my style of writing. And so that's why often I don't read a lot on the years that I spend writing. So read a lot, but not while you're writing is my first. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. My second tip is never sit down not knowing what you want to write. So I spend twice as long thinking as I do writing. And if you sit down and go, what should I write today? This is how you get writer's block or you start staring at a blank page. Whereas with the joy of being selfish, every day I sat down and went, okay, we're going to write about gaslighting today. Or I would pick the chapter and go, that chapter, we're doing that today. And sometimes I would pick the chapter, go do the laundry, go empty the dishwasher, spend a lot of time thinking, especially because we're in the pandemic. I spent a lot of time sunbathing outside, sunbathing outside for an hour, just thinking of what I wanted to put in that chapter. And then when I sat down to write, I knew what was already on my mind. My third tip is if you do get stuck and you're at a point where you don't know what to say next and you're staring at the blank page and you don't know how to phrase something, I do one of two things. I either then convert to bullet points and I start writing it in bullet points because it seems less daunting or number two, I take a break. And what I do when I'm taking that break is I don't take a break in my head. I take a break from writing while still thinking about it. And again, doing my laundry, vacuuming, whatever it is, while I think about what I want to say and then I return back to sitting in my chair once I know what I want to say because this staring at a blank page thing is how you get in your head it's how you freak yourself out and then you start telling yourself stories and building a whole narrative around a writer's block and you're not going to get inspiration from staring at a blank wall number four I don't delete a single word of what I've written until every single word is written. So let's say the word deadline is 75,000 words. Until I hit 75,000 words, I am not allowed to delete anything. Now, this is a huge self-sabotage protection mechanism because every author at some point while writing the book will want to bin their entire book. For me, it's usually around the 75% done mark that I start going, every single word I've written is absolute trash and it all belongs in the trash. And so I have to step away in that moment and I don't let myself delete any of it. And I tell myself, you can come back to it later. Just keep writing, focus on something else. And the key to not deleting any of it is not rereading anything you've written. And that moves me on to my next tip. You can't edit words that don't exist. So again, likewise, I don't delete any words until I've hit 75,000 words, but I also don't edit at all. Even if I'm flicking back trying to see what I've written and I notice a spelling mistake, I will not correct that spelling mistake because the moment you correct one thing, you will start going, oh, well, I could also tweak this sentence and I could tweak that sentence. And editing and writing are two completely different processes. And once you start that editing process, you can spend that whole day editing and tweaking things 
and you've not finished writing your book. So it's a very absolute rule. I'm very all or nothing as a person and I know this isn't going to work for other authors. I would also say, especially for fiction authors, you're going to have to edit as you go. But for me, this is my way of making sure I don't get too in my head. If I start rereading things to edit, that's when I start going, oh, I'm not sure this is a good book and start going into the broader big picture rather than focusing on that specific chapter I need to write that day. The next thing I would say, my greatest tool in writing is the notes section of my phone. Am I Ugly was mainly written in the notes section of my phone. For writing Am I Ugly, I was still training as a life coach and then I was working as a life coach. So every time I got on the tube, I picked a different moment in my life. Because it was a memoir, I could be like, great, let's talk about that time my boyfriend body shamed me. Great, let's talk about that day I nearly died or today let's talk about that 13th surgery or whatever it was. All this comes down to is I don't trust my memory. If I have a great sentence that pops into my brain in the middle of the day, I can guarantee if I do not put it in the notes section of my phone, I will forget it. If it happens at two o'clock in the morning, I put it in the notes section of my phone by the side of my bed. If it happens while I'm in the middle of a meeting, I will do it under a table. Um, I will make sure that gets written down because it will go. Do not trust that you're going to remember a great sentence or what you need to write about later. And what that notes section on my phone serves as is a bunch of writing prompts. So then when I sat down and I didn't know what I wanted to write, I would go through these notes section and go, oh, that belongs in that chapter and that belongs in this chapter. And this is a tool I was using for both books. For Am I Ugly? I was actually writing full paragraphs, full chunks that ended up making it into the book. With The Joy of Being Selfish, because I was locked down in my apartment, it would be like one-liner sentences that I needed to include or just like a memory prompt. My next tip is, as I mentioned before, I wrote a lot of Am I Ugly on the tube. Do not be precious about where you write. I think the movie version of being an author has made people be really precious about where they write. So they need their specific coffee shop or they need to go to a cabin in the woods or go on these writing retreats to actually write. No, I wrote my first book on a tube most of the time, in five minute increments a lot of the time. And if I had been precious about where I wrote, I wouldn't have been able to write in the pandemic because as I said, I had no choice. I sat in my one room in my house writing a book for five months. So it's really important that you are a lot more flexible about what you believe you need in your environment to write. And I learned that lesson most within the pandemic. My next tip again is about this writing on the tube. Find the gaps in time. If you are not a full-time author, like I wasn't when I was writing my first book, I found the gaps in time on the tube. Instead of going on the tube and commuting and listening to an audiobook or listening to music, I would write in the notes section of my phone. And that I did for about six months. And when I copied and pasted that notes section on my phone, after six months, that was 200,000 words. And that's why I said I had to then edit that down but you can get a lot done in five minute increments. And so don't underestimate what you can do in five minutes. And yes, it is a lot easier to be able to sit down and have the whole day to write, but sometimes you don't have that time. And if writing is really that big a priority to you, you will find the time. So find the gaps in time. My next tip is people spend 95% of their time correcting the last 5%. Once you've written your 75,000 words or whatever it is and you have a deadline looming but you just want to keep tweaking this and tweaking that, there comes a point you just need to stop being a perfectionist and send it off. As Cheryl Sandberg said, 
done is better than perfect and you will always want to tweak it. There's also a saying that goes the moment the book is published is the day it's outdated and I had to also accept that. That yes, in a year I would know more about boundaries but you can't wish and hope for what you want to know in the future. And are there things I would change about the joy of being selfish? Yes, small things. There are a few stories I could add now. There are also a few details I would change. There are a few sentences I've said in interviews about the joy of being selfish that are really great sentences that I wish I could put in the joy of being selfish. But for the most part, no. So you have to be satisfied with the 95%. And that is when you let it go. And you don't just sit there for an extra four more weeks because you want to change one word here and one word there. You've got the bulk of it, send it off, then it goes to an editor, the editor will edit it, then the copy editor will edit it. And you always have chances to add those small tweaks, but they aren't going to be the make it or break it of whether it's a good book or not. My next tip is a saying from Elizabeth Gilbert, I believe, that you don't owe the world a good book, you just owe the world your book. And that is what I kept in the back of my mind every time I tried to convince myself that the book was bad, that this is what I need to know around boundaries and so fingers crossed it will help one person and if it only helps one person then so be it. My next tip, or actually it's not a tip as much as how I like to write, is I sent The Joy of Being Selfish off to my editor after 10,000 words and then I didn't send it off again until 75,000 words. And that's because after 10,000 words, what I discovered is I don't like feedback mid-writing because I get in my head too much. And so for me, the way I need to write it is again, back to that mentality of not editing it, not rereading it anything until I have completely written it. Turns out I also don't like sending the book midway. And so everyone has a different relationship with their editor. Some people like to talk to their editor a lot. For me, I'm just like, just let me finish it and then I need to readjust a lot of things and then I will send it to you. And so you need to have that conversation with your editor. Obviously, they need to know that you're still plodding along and the words are getting written. But if it's going to benefit the book, you can also communicate that. So saying something like, I promise you, you're going to get a better book if you just let me finish it to the end. And most editors have no issue with that at all. The next thing I would say is a mentality thing. So when I sit down to write, especially with the joy of being selfish because I was a full-time writer while I was writing that book, was I sat down with the mentality of channeling what the world needs to hear. So I tapped into what I needed to know at the time for boundaries and I also tapped into what I needed to hear as a child about boundaries. But when I sat down, I made it less about me. I removed the ego part of it and honestly, I'm a bit of a spiritual person. So I genuinely was saying like to the universe, let my hands write everything that the world needs to know and just channel through me. And I do believe in that. I do believe that that helped me get in the right mindset, whether the universe exists or not, or whether I was talking to no one, it doesn't matter. It matters that that's how I got the book written. The second mentality thing is more of a practical thing. When I sat down, I would get the feeling in my body of how I would feel if I knew in this moment that I was writing the best book I had ever written, the best book I could possibly ever write. And I would feel that in my body. How would I feel right now? And once you have that confident state, once you have that, wow, I am so powerful, I am so eloquent, I am so articulate, it's really easy to write from that place. If you sit down going, oh, I'm not sure I'm a good writer, blah, 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 I promise you it will convey in your writing. And so those were the two mentality things that I did 
while writing The Joy of Being Selfish specifically. And so those are all my writing tips. I whizzed through all of them, but those are all the things I have learnt from writing two books, from being an author for what now, I don't know how many years, because when do you even count it from? From the moment I started writing? Well, then 12 years old. But even if you don't want to write a book, what I will say, my final thing I want to say to you is I want you to let yourself enjoy writing. Even if it's writing in a journal at night by hand or whether it's writing in the notes section of your phone, writing is such a cathartic, therapeutic thing you can do and you can enjoy writing even if you never publish it. Even if you don't think your writing is good, your writing is important and meaningful because you are writing it and that is all you have to do. And I think removing a lot of the stories we tell ourselves around what's a good writer and a bad writer, a lot of it being learned in school and from English teachers who frankly had no right to tell you that you're a bad writer, prevents a lot of people from exploring the art and the creativity and the enjoyment and the hobby of writing. And so as an author, that is one thing I really want to spread. And even just the love of reading. And again, that was something that was ruined in school because I was dyslexic and I didn't read at the same pace as everyone else. And I also didn't read at the same age as everyone else. And they got to a point where I was very much shamed for reading younger than I should be. And I don't think that is something you should shame someone for because even at the ripe old age of 28, I still read young adult books that are made for 15 year olds. So don't let someone ruin your love of reading and writing. And I hope if you do want to write a book that you sit down and write it one day because that is how you become a writer. All you have to do to become a writer is to write. And I still believe there is something so special about a book in a world where our attention spans are so short. It's one of the last mediums where you can hold someone's attention full attention for so long because when you're reading a book especially a physical book and you're holding that book you can't do anything else your two hands are holding those two covers of the book and that is it you and that book and I think that's what I love about reading and writing the most thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode it would mean the world if you could leave a review wherever you are listening to this or share it on social media and tag me in it so I can share it too Come find me at Scarred Not Scared on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. We do fun things on there like Q&A Mondays and on Fridays we celebrate your boundary wins. There's a whole community of people who want to grow and heal and we are waiting to welcome you whenever you are ready. In the meantime, make sure to feel your feelings, set some boundaries, communicate in the way you want to be communicated with, ask for what you need and I know sometimes you forget but someone loves you and I will speak to you next time. Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.